0: Samma Sambodhasa Namo Tassa Bhagavato Rahato Samma Sambodhasa Uthang Tamang Sanghang Namasami The most uh, useful and uh, um, continually relevant Dhamma points, Dhamma themes is, is uh, deep attention or careful attention or wise attention. The Pali work phrase is Yoniso Manasikara. Yoniso means of the source or of the origin or at the depth. Um, uh, and, atten- and manasikara means the activity of the attention forming mind. Mm. So <laughs> it works a lot easier in Pali. Mm. Uh, so it's a particular kind of attention that's getting into the nitty gritty, you might say, into the conditioning, what's really happening here. It's kind of not just getting lost in the. Details or the surface appearance of things, what's the underlying causes and conditions, and how is that how is that process happening? Mm. And so clearly, with this, then there's a certain of wisdom, insight wisdom occurs, and the Buddha used this factor for his own awakening, and it's it's actually very frequently mentioned in the sutras, probably more frequently than mindfulness even. Mm. Because it implies a sense of uh, that which places mindfulness in the appropriate place. So you carefully attend. What's the thing to really bear in mind at this time? What's the thing to focus in on at this time? And what kind of focus is helpful? Mm. Attention is a very powerful feature of, of mind, and attention always creates a boundary. It's something we observe, it means other things we don't. If you put something in, you must leave other things out. That's the nature of attention. Mm. And so we should be quite careful about whether we're not actually leaving out the bit that we should be <laughs> including. Uh, and not just getting fixation on something that's not really that useful. Mm. And and even the mode of attention isn't something we just seek to make ourselves feel more solid, yeah, know, uh, and all oh right, I've really got it now. It's fixated attention, mm. which is, these are not unusual. Mm. In fact, I would say they're, they're very common. In fact, I would say they're probably the first thing that we do because of the nature of the, f- of the field. Mm. So I was saying first, you know, we disengage attention. It's a step, you could say, it's an early step. Um, there's no particular object right now, but that's clearly extremely confusing while all kinds of stuff's happening. So we unify around a particular intention. Intention is a sense of wishing, directing, imparting, participating, you know, that which... I'm going to relate to this experience. I'm going to be be in this experience with some sort of sense of willingness. You know? so in, in this we use the form of puja, uh, of making commitment, of bowing. Of, you know, here I am. I'm presenting myself um, with as good a will as fully as I can. And that's we just keep doing that, presenting ourselves, opening ourselves to to experience. This intention, and um, and then using this Buddhist form, um, you know, saying well, the quality of we're by reciting and bringing to mind uh, qualities that we call Buddha. You know, this assembly, this powerful assembly of qualities that we put under this umbrella word Buddha. Then we sort of try to activate that at least as a sort of a reference point could this be present the you know the one of clear conduct the one of a blessing the one of you know um, compassion mm-hmm. one of witnessing the one of clarity you know, so at least we honor that In honoring it somehow we're beginning to bring that meaning into our experience and subtly, or little by little, as we touch this this image, this meaning, the nature of citta as it touches something, it starts to, that quality that it touches begins to infiltrate and and come in. Yeah? And clearly, this is happening anyway. You know, everything we see, everything we read, everything we hear, it touches. Us. It has an effect. It casts a particular ripple across our our chitta, our our awareness. So using this faculty for our welfare, we keep resonating with Buddha, with Dhamma, with um, that which is immediate. We don't have to be rushing forward to get it. We don't have to be driving full tilt ahead to get it. It's here and now, directly perceivable, um, inviting us in. It's not like you're going to bash on the door. To get in, it's saying, "Ahi pasiko, come in here, have a look at this." Pachatang um, um, to be realised in one's own experience, as it is, not in what one should be, um, and and furthering, pertinent, uh, and, and revealed or opening under the qualities of of wisdom, qualities of wisdom, out to open that and derive meaning and realisation from that. So and then the qualities of Sangha, which again, you know, not to make this too long, but you can read and recite these qualities that the integrity vehicle. Mm-hmm. Complete practising thoroughly with integrity. So this these are examples of the particular intentionality we keep evoking, and like you you keep sending that ripple those ripples across your 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 awareness, and just sensing that some of this is bound to begin to permeate that. It's like it's a watery medium, and some of those tints are bound to you know re- reside there and keep introducing it. Keep reintroducing it. Keep reintroducing it. Yeah. Mm. And so you know, then this is uh, um, you know, this is the, the key to what we call call it devotional practice or puja practice. That's that's its meaning. Sets up and it keeps focusing on intention as an orientation rather than attention. Uh, chitta, heart, awareness—that um, which we seem to be—arises, um, and as it arises, a whole cascade of, of experiences happen: feeling pleasant, agreeable, disagreeable; near, far; self, other, um, and the whole um, world of our experience arises in chitta. And all of it is potent. It means it, it means all of that can trigger particular responses and actions. It's all fertile. If it isn't, it isn't there. <laughs> you know, anything that's in your mind world has got some ability to spring up to do something. You know, it's all fertile. Otherwise, it isn't there. There's nothing—the one abiding quality of your. Uh, your of your chitta is yes, it's all ready to to it's karmically potent actions can occur with that intentions not physical actions but mood actions responses for good for average for bad and so so this is is a highly intentional field so we just keep sending across this quality of intentionality mm. now there are certain primary intentions when I say intention I don't mean this is a deliberate decision but certain almost reflex, Motivations that that we that are there. One of them mm-hmm. is the motivation towards um, security, safety, orientation. Something in you know, seeks to where am I? You know, who am I? Where's my boundary? Where's my where's my ground? What do I feel? Oh, this is me. I'm safe. I'm what I am. You know, orientation. It seeks that. And probably that's the most significant thing. Um, to know who you are, to know where you are, to know what you're supposed to do. You could say, all these are orientations. Without them, the mind starts scrambling. What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to wear? How am I supposed to behave? What do people think of me? Am I in the right place? Am I allowed here? Uh, what's going on? What do I do next? You know, those kinds of messages uh, 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 are, are quite... Um, you know, apparent. They could have to be but there's a certain sense of, of searching for orientation. Where's my ground? Where's my boundaries? Where's my direction? And the other primary um, kind of motivation I mean, is, where is it more comfortable, more agreeable? Where do I get away from the disagreeable? Mm. It could be safe. Where am I safe? Where am I happy? Where am I fulfilled? Mm. Where do I feel pleased? On a sensual level or even on an emotional level or a psychological level? Am I doing the right thing? Do I feel I can hold my head up? And please? So these are agreeable qualities. so those those are searches, and Buddha clearly understood, yeah, you know, that's that's the way it is. You can't operate outside of that. It's so fundamental to being born. Um, now, let's see if you can find the most helpful orientation and the most helpful. Uh, kind of agreeable experience the most long-lasting and sustainable and uh, one with the least difficult residues in it where's that and by and large we're not from birth, we're not really getting very helpful messages on where those are found. So, you know, before birth, we are in a relatively safe situation. You know, board lodging is offered free. Um, you don't have to work for it, just hang in there. But um, then, that, you know, something just wants to get out and do stuff. <laughs> Um, so then, we suddenly we're separated, kind of half separated. Actually, phys- uh, physically we're separated. Um, mentally, emotionally, psychologically, we're not. So this is a curious tension. Mm. And we're very strongly affected by the parental bond, what it contains, what it doesn't contain. Very much starts to form us, mm. because we want the agreeable. we want to conform, we want to be accepted, we want to experience that sense of uh, comfort and harmony. and clearly this is no longer hundred percent. separation and what, do I, what do I do? What do I do that will make will be Philip good. So naturally, you know, one by and large follows the human um, messages. Do this and you accept it, do that, you won't be accepted. And so it goes. That's the basic um, equation that goes on through our life in varying degrees. And parents, uh, other, other people... You know, job, all kinds of relational experiences. So the relational sense is paramount to our experience, mm-hmm. and the relational sense seeks congruity, seeks harmony, to seeks to be comfortable with, and will do a lot of things to try to make that happen. Mm-hmm. Because it's so crucial. Mm. So, around this senses in which we kind of imagine that's going to happen, our, our self boundary and our personality begins to form. Yeah. So, I get the sense of being separate, that's slightly precarious, that's my boundary and I'll have to negotiate that sense of separateness within a world of other. Mm. So that fundamental dualism within a world of other, separate self, and there's a slightly precarious, wavering sense that comes with that. Uh, Occasionally extremely painful sense, when you feel you've been radically excluded. And whenever there's very strong radical exclusion experiences comes, there's a kind of panic and there's a rush to find some ground. You know, so we tend to retract and contract and hold on to something like an emotion or a, or a thought or a view or a position or a defense policy. Mm-hmm. So this rapid contraction can occur. And then we seek something to get hold on to to get ourselves grounded and oriented. We might hold on to physical objects. Mostly we'll hold on to um, psychological qualities. Mm. My ideas, my independence, my self-image, Oh, this is who I am. There's something to orient around. And this orientation thing is so strong that even the self-image isn't particularly wonderful, at least it's something. So it holds on to that because it's knowable. Yeah. Even though the self-image itself is actually a result of separation. So it's always slightly afflicted. Mm-hmm. It's slightly on guard, slightly defended, slightly having to manifest and hold hold itself and be something. So it's got a certain tension in it. Uh, And at times it can be extremely unpleasant self-image. Unworthy, uh, not much good. Because self really arises as a sense of separation. And if the separation is experienced not as a... Oh, it's enough of that now, but it's a feeling of you've been not good enough, excluded, should be something better than you are, then this self-image just carries this taint of I'm not quite worthy, have to do quite a lot to be worthy, mm, to be good enough. This is being quite, quite common. Mm. And so I'm rather a nuisance, a burden, I don't want to p- impose myself on others. Um, Uh, So I'll just try to go along as best I can with what other people wish, so they'll be accepted. This kind of thing can happen. But even though that occurs, it doesn't take away the primary sense of, of not really being worthy, because the very sense of self is already the result of a certain amount of exclusion, being excluded, being separated. Mm. and uh, it can be the case that the the self gets rather busy. The volitional qualities within the self get very busy trying to process how to be okay, good enough, and get over this quality of being separate. So we get busy, and sometimes that busyness does help to keep the mind occupied enough to not notice that uh, (laughs) you're on your own. Yeah, you know, or you have the, there's that sense of, you know, of being excluded. Yeah, you know, even if you know. And so, in fact, stopping activity can be extremely difficult, even though sometimes one would like to stop it because all this busyness and agitation and and wrangling and thinking and trying to work things out it gets quite stressful. But it doesn't stop because it's not really a personal choice. It's an existential position. I think it's an existential experience. That means it's the existential experience of being a self always has to be busy. Mm. Because it's trying to find ground. And there isn't true ground in the self. Self is an excluded experience. So it is not really rested into the, into a, a ground of acceptance. You know, I think many people have acceptance issues, you know, sometimes very strong, but I would suggest that everybody has acceptance issues. I have acceptance issues. You know, acceptance uncertainties. Mm-hmm. Uncertainties, waverings. I regard this as just you know, the normal experience, and therefore one negotiates contact. Is this okay? Are we okay? How is this? Am I welcome? Invited? <laughs> we recognize this is what we have to deal with as people, and selves. And then that settling, and then that can be that settling into you know, um, being able to. Since you know one has negotiated that territory of uncertainty, then we settle. Ah, oh, we call it friendship, right? harmony. This can occur, and then but if we're not really carefully attentive, we might find ourselves doing or saying something that makes us feel, oh, was that okay? Or he didn't look so happy then. Have I blown it? She looked like she didn't like the look of that. Have I lost it? <laughs> <laughs> oh uncertainty again having <laughs> uh, yourself is extremely busy un- uh, to my mind uncomfortable otherwise <laughs> anyway, you know you have to really cultivate its intentionality just uh, above all you know, just the real deep loving acceptance of the whole mess of it all <laughs> without taking it all as if there's something wrong with you especially. <laughs> you know, it's all, we're all in the mess on the self level. Mm. Some people are better at handling it than others. Some people are less kind of deeply, tragically wounded by it. But we're all a bit in that kind of slightly fragile uh, state. And there's just a sense of real loving acceptance. of you know, This is about as open as you can be right now. Okay, that's fine. That's about as grounded as you can be right now. That's, that's yeah. And this is about as quiet as you can be right now. And just that's okay. You know, just keep sensing that quality of caring, and loving. You know, you make a practice out of that. And these resonances do keep washing through, and they do begin to reassure and calm and we find ah oh, here's the ground. The ground is in a quality of loving acceptance. Not in myself, <laughs> you know, or in my strategies, but in the, the loving acceptance of myself <laughs> and my strategies. Is is this the ground. Ah oh, it feels spacious, it feels open, it feels like You don't have to work hard for it. You don't have to deserve it. You don't have to be good enough for it. Because it's very quality is, it doesn't ask for those statements. Mm. No, that's the ground, isn't it? Because you you don't, there's no end to that. Mm. That's the best ground for us to, you know, steer towards and orient around and really you know realize yeah this system does not unfold uh, like a you know like a jack-in-the-box it doesn't spring open it slowly settles it needs a lot of reassuring and even a lot of some polices in our in our kind of contraction are extremely shielded yeah so they don't even you don't even really know they're there they're locked in the body takes a while before even parts of the body come into online to, you know, for available for release. Because this sense of self and exclusivity radiates into the body field, and, um, you know, everything sort of tends to, to seize up around that in varying degrees. Search for orientation is such. That we that our orientation system says, okay, this is what I am, fine, I've got orientation. I know how to handle life as a contracted being. Okay, I'll get through like that. Because <laughs> that's familiar. What is familiar becomes myself. And so often what is familiar is the most compulsive uh of behaviors. <laughs> Once, once the reflex behaviours are the most familiar, that's me. <laughs> okay, now I know who me is. I've got at least I know where I am. I, I, orient, I, I just kind of barrel through, barge through life as best I can. In this, in this, my, this, is my, this is who I am. You know, you maybe put some nice, few nice things inside it, but <laughs> the, you know, and this is not a decision. It's a reflex. And the reflex occurs around the most familiar. And probably the most familiar experience for the self is a sense of exclusion. When I say exclusion, we tell it quite softly. I don't mean necessarily radically chucked out, thrown out, abandoned, but a sense of, I'm in here, everything else is out there, how do I manage that? Yeah. That's going to say minimal exclusion. <laughs> just I'm in here and that's out there so I'm separate from it how do I manage that that we would say is a pretty soft level of exclusion and occasionally some pieces are much more deeply excluded like you know you you are not this you're definitely not this and you can exclusively have gender ethnicity you know nationality of course these are the big ones Physical appearance—you're you know, not fat enough. You're too fat. You're too small, short, wrong skin colour. You name it. You know, where well, you are definitely other, and there's a kind of real sting with that. Or behaviours—you know, you're too stupid. You're too slow. You when know, well, you should be something, and when we feel a sense of lack that, that radiates into us you know, so we get that sense of exclusivity, then that is felt. And the the citta, by by and large, is not really... it's an emotional sense. so It's not really good on fine details. It just gets the general overall sense of exclusion. It doesn't quite know what. You know, it can't really track the details fundamentally. That, That takes a bit more care and attention. And when you get reflex exclusions, Senses, you know what it's like when you re- when you react. You don't carefully note reaction. You just they're in it, <laughs> yeah. And so it's rather like that. And so we don't quite know what it was that we weren't quite enough for. So, so that well, so you. You find that to to regain orientation is a kind of subtle panic, or sometimes not very subtle panic, and you have your go-tos, you thing you reach for quickly, which is probably do something. You know, you do something, you get busy, you uh, shut down, you close the boundaries, you get busy doing stuff. Okay, I feel okay now. You know, doing stuff, boundaries closed. On the road, be useful, do something useful. Yeah, that generally wins approval. Be useful quick, or well, mop the floor, clean the windows, sort something out. Be useful, that generally gives you, takes the blame away, you know. <laughs> and so, this, even though know, this is not considered, this kind of reflex quick, hurry up, panic, do something. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know what it was, but doing something is generally the best thing to to do when there's disapproval. Of some kind, and this is shadow runs across, and then we reach for wherever we can find the light switch. Mm-hmm. So there's the compulsiveness, uh, yeah, And so we, you know, just bearing in mind, understood, sympathise with this doesn't work. What occurs is these very patterns, these very programs, you know, panic, rush, do, panic, rush, do, they become the orientation. What is most familiar, what is most frequently activated, becomes familiar, becomes myself. That's the process. Whatever is most familiar, whatever is most activated becomes myself. So we say karma creates self. It's not I don't create karma, karma creates myself. And within that self boundary, which is now rather narrower, of course one's karmic field, one's karmic potential shrinks. We're in a much narrower reference, much narrower boundaries now, and so the karmic potentials there are of much more reduced nature. So such things as qualities of loving acceptance suddenly, it's a nice idea. How do I do that?, oh, it's a great idea. well I, i'll I'll rush. I'll try to get loving acceptance going as hard as I can. Um, no. Well, how do you do this loving acceptance thing? I mean, it sounds great. I, I must do it. Um, no, it isn't quite like that. You mean I can't have loving acceptance? No, I don't mean that either. Well, how do I get it? Um, could you just relax a little? How do I relax? How do I relax? <laughs> um, uh, what about loving accepting yourself being a neurotic basket case? We well, don't. <laughs> I just, oh, I don't know, good point. How do you relax? Um, <laughs> I'll tell you what you can do. Feel what's happening in your feet. <laughs> what's that got to do with it? Just, just try that. just You feel your feet, sort of like a certain tension that of your feet and your hands and the sides of your face. Could you just perhaps go there and just imagine you're spreading and widening those, those tissues. Oh. Oh, what's happening now? I get something happening in my throat. Could you just soften and widen there? Oh. Oh. These strange energies start moving around. Mm. You're widening the field. So you use the body where the mind can't go. Because the mind has been taken over by this, this self thing. It doesn't know. How to come out? Because that program is what took it, took it, it created it. It doesn't know how to, un- how to uncreate it, because it, 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 isn't, it isn't what it knows. It knows how to create, uh, you know, a boundary in a self or an active. It doesn't know how to uncreate. It never learned that. Its whole mission was to create a self. To create a boundary, because it's where I could feel safe and grounded. I—that's th- uh, the. But of course, one doesn't. You know. It's the safety of a person, sort of balancing on a, on one foot on an ever, de- ever shrinking piece of land. <laughs> it's just a precarious quality, and it's shrinking all the time. And it doesn't know, because it doesn't know what's outside the boundary. It could be trusted. The boundary is like a fear boundary. It could say, or a defense boundary. Now the body does know how to relax. And we just take a little bit of time. Some places are extremely tense and tight. And maybe the hands, palms of the hands could just soften and open. Maybe the soles of the feet could open. Maybe one could take one out breath and not force it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just the sense in which the body knows how to discharge. Shoulders do know how to drop. A little, and we can even you know cultivate ways to facilitate that. So one of the simple processes, simple at least to explain in in this cultivation is just to you know loving acceptance, just holding that as an intentionality yeah And then, however it is however it is right now, and then coming into the to the body and beginning to explore places which are more available for opening, such as the palms of the hands, the soles of the feet, the out breath and where you can feel something like that can occur there can be this shifting, yeah this can be this shifting mm in Some way in which the so the rhythm becomes extremely significant, and why breathing in, breathing out. Because you know when you breathe out, you just have to let go a little bit, otherwise you can't <laughs> breathe out at all. <laughs> Something has to give. <laughs> you can't stay breathed in constantly. <laughs> There's got to be some kind of letting go. Just even you. Very fundamental level, and rather than planning the next breath <laughs> or how to be good at it, how to be good at mindfulness of breathing. So you know, so you already got a kind of a program to to, fit, to feel you're getting doing the right thing in. Yeah, just to cultivate, just receiving the quality of, of an out breath, without being particularly mindful or progressive or at stage six or anything, or developing anything, just breathing out and really letting the belly be soft, and noticing how energies, just noticing energetic change. And just getting the body familiar with that, and letting the mind just sense that it's in a careful way, there is that. And you, nothing went wrong. You didn't have to be that good to breathe out. Yeah nobody blamed you for breathing out (laughs) that's okay so just letting that and then you feel more clearly as you sense into that there's something rather precious in breathing out Um, and what kind of attention can be there just with breathing out so begin to establish your sense of attention of what attention is a very powerful agency and attention always will exclude something, won't it? You know, we often say, oh, I'm focusing on the clock. I have to exclude the rest of you in the room to see that clock. Mm-hmm. So attention always excludes something. So we've been very careful about that, because this exclusivity is associated with self as in exclusion experience. And it's very likely that when I, if I don't use attention carefully, with careful attention, I'm just really going to be reiterating my old self patterns onto my meditation object. Here I am, driven, trying to get it right, feeling I'm not adequate, feeling I can't meditate. All that is coming in with the very kind of attention that we use. We use our self-attention our self-forming attention so the same sort of moods and and results occur you know, this wound of exclusion ripples across the jitta's field and it can cr- potentize around anything you lo- anything you s- you put your attention onto it's like a virus and it's spread over the whole thing and then anything you do can carry that same mark <laughs> to it. I've got to get it right, hmm. you know. And this is where these these fetters, you know, the self-view or the it was sakkaya uh, um, means. I live inside this body, and I look out through the eyes, that's where I'm in here, this is my boundary, I'm in here, and look out there, there's people out there, there's the world, you know, and I'm in here. That's pretty uncomfortable, (laughs) you know. And how true is that? You open one of these things up, I ain't never seen anybody inside one of these bags. (laughs) But really what's occur is, is the easiest boundary that one can see with one's eyes and, and sense is a is skin boundary. So I'm inside the skin boundary. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So mm, when you think of going somewhere else, does that incur inside your skin boundary? When you think of going to India next year, is that where's that inside your skin bag? Uh, and you know that memory of your mother where does, where does that live is that in your wrist or your knee where's that one mm. yeah. is that something inside your skin bag mm. how about that uh, painful emotion where is that around mm. yeah. and if you're really inside this uh, um, could you tell me like what's happening um you know uh, five ribs down in your back no, well, you don't don't really know much of it, do you? Really behind your knees, are you aware of that? About um, your elbows. No? Mm-hmm. When you recognise, it's probably a bit of face. Sakaya <laughs> ditty, mm-hmm. the, the, the looking at out at the world through a patch of face, quite limited thing. Seeking structures. This is uh, what's called sila vata paramasa. It seeks structures and systems to get right, so I'll be okay. and Then I'll be okay. Has doubt, uncertainty. What am I supposed to? Or how am I in this? I'm a separate entity. How am I in this? What I will feel. Like where's my ground? Um, maybe this is my seat or my role or my position. Okay, now I know where I am. You yeah. know. This is the the, the uncertainty, because of course all the seats and the places keep changing. Mm. Uh, so these are all the signs of the this the isolated self, which uh, is an uh, uncomfortable piece of of territory within the, within our field. Mm. So very patient and loving with, with that, and with its uh, tangles and tantrums. You know, so when we you know, begin to realize that perhaps it might be useful to just really feel the body and what it does in terms of its its ability to soften and and release any degree of that. Uh, Things that I don't feel are important or progressive or uh, fantastic (laughs) or anything. Useless things that are not within my self package such as a long breath out. It doesn't have to be any meaningful or good or useful. And so using the outbreath breath just to discharge the validity of those self signals, those self traffic lights, you know. Feeling the feeling in the body. Mm. Feeling the movement of the body as it walks. Holding you. Mm. Sense of just re- rhythmic energies. Yeah, The sense of those rhythmic energies You know, w- moving through the field of one's awareness. Mm. And all the tangled, bristling, unhappy stuff just there and leading this rhythm blow through it rather like the wind. Uh, accepting their presence, not fixing them not um, but acceptance and holding them holding using this grounded rhythmic process to begin to just let the self boundary soften a little had. We don't have to be what we think we are, or what we assume we are, or what in we want to be. We could be something much more boundless than any of that could be available for us. Mm. And as we touch in, then these are the kind of experiences that may arise. Careful attention is having the care to begin to sense this is where just getting rather compulsive rather contracted and no matter what the topic the thought the the justification you know it's all true and yet feel that that contraction that compulsiveness that drivenness and how is that in my body it could be a Place, or it could be the overall sense, it could be the skin boundary itself sort of tightens up. And so, anywhere in there where one can gently release, you're going to start to release some of that pattern, some of that intention, that fear, exclusivity reaction. Can be in walking, can be in standing, can be in sitting, can be in breathing. Mm-hmm. And though you carefully attend, this is this is this particular energy is something not to be followed. And we not when you say acceptance, but we don't adopt it. So bear that in mind. We use so the acceptance is non rejection, non denial, non adopting. It doesn't mean I accept this. Therefore, I go with it. it. Means I accept the presence of that. I open around that as much as I possibly can, and I do not adopt the missions that it sends me on. The missions it sends me on to run away, to to be something, to get better, to make it work, to change other people, to change myself. I do not adopt those. I recognize that panic and fluster with compassion loving acceptance I do not adopt and how's my body now so using that that inflection uh, could my body possibly where does it feel there's a possibility for it to just relax a little soften a little just do that and feel the tonality the mental tone that comes with that. The mental tone is not quite an emotion yet. It's the beginning of an emotion. It's a certain mental change of flavor. The flavor might have been driving, uh, compulsive, or anxious. And the tone has gone softened. And there can be, as that softening, perhaps something slightly brighter comes through, the flavor of release. A sense of, oh. And these these can be just brief moments. Because when we're unfolding something that can be extremely folded up, you're just taking, you know, somewhere in that knot. You don't go into the hard center of it, you go into where it's a little bit loose and just start to tease that knot. A little bit where it's at its loosest point and as you do that maybe some of the more tight stuff will just loose just a little yeah, and we just keep working on where it's looser until another bit becomes available and then we kind of wiggle that one <laughs> and then <laughs> claws <laughs> and you gradually you know get loosening them up and then you get a little bit playful uh, <laughs> with it And, uh, you know, but uh, it's not all available. So you just find the piece that you can do, which could be just somewhere in your body. But then the message comes through, if you listen to it with careful attention, means you you find the appropriate not to do, the appropriate response, you understand it, okay, you pause. And you say, "Let, let me listen in here with a mind of goodwill, saying, "Come on. What do you need? You know? Perhaps it just needs to be heard, and that in the hearing of that, there's a, there's the acceptance, and it begins to. Oh, it's okay." Oh, hmm, it's all right to feel like that, oh, <laughs> you know, and so that's how the unfolding goes of our grumpiness, our crankiness, our, you know, yeah, and so, all oh. hmm, what would you like? Yeah, have a, please, tell me some more, <laughs> more, <What>, any <anymore? laughs> more, more? Anything more you want to say? Well, the, the, the oh, oh, <laughs> you know, uh, hey, what? Something happened in my belly. What was that doing? Dropped. Oh. Mm-hmm. So this is this is how this process can can work, mm-hmm. and uh, keep as I must remind what you you know uh, remind myself this is rather mysterious we don't quite know when and how which bits are going to open up it's rather mysterious um so you keep that sense of just we're in the wilderness we just look out for where the trail might be it doesn't go in a straight line look around oh it looks like there's a lead over there I thought it was going that way okay well there's the trail Go that way and it took me through there round that way it's never straight and sometimes it opens in a place that you weren't looking like behind. You know? Okay well at least I'll go down there. Mm. Uh, so this is why we have that, that wilderness training and look out for the signs with something that can, o- can open is making itself available Making itself available. Something perhaps we don't really want to make it available. Something rather unpleasant but It's making itself available. Okay, how's that? So, and this takes us, funny enough, in these sometimes these f- frustrating and sometimes deeply personal. Uh, you know, formations that you really would like to not have and you know, make themselves available. time in that in the unfolding is the trail to freedom, could begin right there, could begin right there. You know. So, we're keeping the outward form rather simple, you know, just this frame, you know, the body upright, keep the widening across the chest. These are places that will tend to close when the contractions occur, you know, around the skin boundary, there's a sense of closure, just widening, opening, keeping that quite open. The upright axis is always a a refuge point, ground down to the feet. When everything else feels uncertain, just go down to the ground. Keep the upright axis. Hold, hold. stay patient and see what can open. You know, and, and then depending how it goes, you may get the rhythm of breathing coming through. You know, beautiful. Stay with that. See where that, where that can take you. Rhythm of walking. Stay with that. See where that takes you. Or just hang in. With that sense of anything, wish to come in now and see what arrives. Mm. So, last piece, it's always the last piece, well, the last piece, the next piece, or the piece that's coming up now, is the sense of space. And space, remember. Visual space is very different from, from body space. Visual space is always creates a sense of something that's distant from me. It's space is, ex- is it part of exclusion. Embodied space is a part of inclusion. It means that's, that space is touching me. It's part of what I am. It's part of my field, It's a sense of space. Space is not something that's setting me apart. It's something that's wrapping around and including me. I can feel you know my skin opening to that. they're very helpful for softening the skin boundary in the sense of uh, of felt space, which is a different medium from the visual one. Visual space separates felt space connects in a soft way, a soft negotiable way, yeah means I can you know, move in for more strong contact, or moderate the contact. Very important, and to get your mind to know that, because sometimes when we focus, we go right up hard against what we're focusing on. Yeah, And we think that's the best way to do it. And that, that again, is, is something to check. Because some qualities, need to, you need to step back from them and just give them room to breathe. You don't need to go in there with your toolkit. They don't like that. You know. They need to be respect. It's just what kind of space do I need to give to this particular energetic or psychological or emotional experience? And I tell you, they don't, many of them do not like somebody muscling in there with their screwdriver. <laughs> Uh, They say, just, you know, give me some room. And it's a space that's not disconnected, but is I'm offering you the room to express, to be how you are. And that's one of the most supreme offerings that we can make to each other and to ourselves. I'll conclude there.